Hello, hello, my dear audience. I'm Peter Resnick, and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's Toolbox. I'm so sorry uh, for what is happening with the studio now. I actually don't understand. They, they are trying to change the mode they operate or the system. But anyway, I wasn't able to talk to you now for two weeks. Um, but I'm happy to be and on the air, I hope. Not right now, but what I was told is that I can record this show now from one to two, and at two o'clock they will air it. So God willing, it will work. Uh, and even though it's not, this show is not live, uh, I will still attempt to answer questions that I received through email. Uh, I, I am choosing to avoid what the uh, French call the elephant in a corridor. I'm choosing not to talk about really burning issues of our time, of what's happening in America these days. Uh, because simply I don't have much to contribute. There are people who are speaking about it with much greater knowledge, uh, have much bigger connections, and I think speak with great clarity. People like Gary Knoll, Dr. Peter Bregan, who talks on PRN on Wednesdays at four o'clock, Dr. Peter Bregan's hour, then also uh, Dr. Robert Yocho, if you remember, I interviewed him uh, a while ago. We spoke about his books, uh, Butchered by Medicine, and another book on hormones. I think Dr. Yocho has a fantastic, fantastic podcast. If you're interested to check it out, he gives a lot of information that a lot that we need to have regarding what's happening with the country and what to do, uh, what can everybody do. Uh, his email, you can call, uh, write to him and he will put you on his uh, email list or subscription list, whatever it's called, Yoho, Y-O-H-O dot Robert at Gmail. Uh, but I will talk about something that I know how to talk and that's life continues and we have our day-to-day -day challenges and that's what I've been doing uh, for more, all my professional life, talking to people uh, about the challenges that they face and doing my best to offer them tools to deal with those challenges. It's not that I mastered all my life and I do not face challenges myself. Simply, I accumulated a lot of tools and they come handy when I meet those challenges. And I would love to share uh, my tools with you as have, I have been doing for the last year and a half. Though um, I did not have an opportunity now for almost a month to get your phone calls, I am receiving emails a lot not a lot of emails, but significant amount of emails. Uh, some, thank you very much, with just um, questions when I will be able to get phone calls. Some thanking me for having this show. 
and some asking me very, very good questions. Like I would like to attempt to, to answer two emails that I think are burning issues in people's lives. Uh, one person asked me about how to deal with arthritis. In fact, he wrote, um, I have arthritis all over. I want to talk about it in greater details, uh, great details, real, because I don't know what kind of arthritis uh, he has or has multiple um, syndromes, because it's really a, a huge issue, arthritis. But let me talk about it a little later. First, I want to address someone else uh, who wrote to me that she is recovering from trauma of domestic violence. And I will read what she wrote. And the continuous heaviness of limiting physical disabilities, loneliness, lack of support while having to get home organized, and so on, so on. I have to say, that's why I wanted to address it before anything. There is so much on your plate. I'm sorry to hear it. I hear a lot of stories and I read in this year and a half a lot of painful stories, actually. Uh, you need help and not only uh, uh, for me, I, my uh, abilities are of course limited. You have emotional issues to deal with and you have logistical issues to deal with. So we all need to kind of chip in. You, there are many entitlements that exist. There are social services. Uh, if you wrote to me an email, it means you have the means to communicate. Uh, there are special services that help people with various problems. Even if, even if you Google social services for whether it's domestic violence, suicide hotline, domestic abuse hotline, whatever help you need, you will get through uh, some organization sooner or later, you will come upon it that, that will help you to deal with logistical problems that you listed in your email. I can attempt to help you with emotional aspects of what you're dealing dealing with. Uh, my hope is that the source of your trauma, of, of what you experienced, domestic violence, the person who perpetrated it is not in your life now. That's my hope. I don't know. You didn't write about it. But I assume that this person is not in your life. And so now you have to pick up the pieces so uh, I want to give you an exercise, mental exercise, uh, to deal with the feelings. There are probably so many feelings and you didn't write about them. Uh, there, is may, there may be anger, uh, grief, uh, depression, anxiety. Uh, before you can address all of them, let's address just the the pain of of everythingness of just being overwhelmed being hurt being disappointed of uh, i would call it 
like a cocktail when, when people, and I heard, I made, didn't make it up, I heard from many people that sometimes they are even confused of what they experience because they're so bruised, they're so overwhelmed. So would like would like to give you uh, an exercise and I hope that you will be listening and I hope it will work out that at two o'clock they will air this show. So would like you to do the exercise with me, but I want also to you to know that this is not an exercise uh, to, to intellectualize on, to try to understand. It's an exercise that you experience and the experience itself is supposed to be healing. If you continue doing it over and over, and I hope uh, two things will happen. One is that you participate in the exercise with me now, and then you go on the archives, you know, on Tuesday, two o'clock, um, Dr. Peter Resnick's toolbox, and listen for at least a week every day to this, this particular exercise and go through it, okay? So just close your eyes and say to myself, to yourself, I'm doing this exercise with an intention to be whole. And come in whatever way it comes to you, think or imagine coming to the river of life that flows from your right to your left. Go waist deep and feel the water against your skin. And now in any way you can think of it, zip open your chest and take out your heart. Look how bruised it is. And now gently lower it and immerse it into these healing waters. Be connected with your heart while it's being washed and purified and renewed. Now take it out of the water, notice how it looks. Place it back into the chest cavity. And close your chest. See it closing and dive into the water, immersing yourself from head to toe. Come out of the water, notice how you look and feel. Let the sun dry your body. No one is on the shore. Take all your clothes off and see new fresh clothes waiting for you. As your body gets dry, you put new clothes. Again, become aware of how your body feels. Gently breathe out one time and open your eyes.
good. Now, there are, I am sure, many feelings that were within you right now. But my hope is, and in my experience also has been, that while going through this exercise, a person releases that tension and that angst, that pain. There is a shift. And it's very important not to think uh, of what it does for you. I am just making comments. But for you, all you need to do is to have that experience and then move on. Things don't get uh, resolved quickly in an instant. You need uh, some time for healing and probably you need uh, to figure out what are the priorities, what needs to be addressed the most. Very often when people are subject to, to violence, uh, they're so overwhelmed that they really don't know what it is the most debilitating for them. So you need to become clear about it. Uh, you can please call me and I will do my best to, to give you some direction and talk about possibilities that you have. You can call me, you, you have my email or you can call me at 973-572-9972. And again, please remember about social services. It can be also helpful. They can be helpful. Uh, regarding loneliness, again, there are, I don't know what community you belong to. Usually a person lives within a certain community. Sometimes people feel uncomfortable, sometimes ashamed, sometimes guilty, sometimes too angry to, to reach out. Uh, you know, it's written in the Bible, it is not good for a man to be alone. We need, we need connection with other people. Also, I don't know how your sleep is. If your sleep is not good, that's the first thing to address. You know, we can live without food for 30 days. We cannot live without water. And so the next thing that is absolutely necessary for us is to have good sleep. Once you have water, you have to have sleep. That's what you need to take care of. If you have difficulty sleeping, that's another issue on your list. But the good news is that humanity came up with many, many tools that are available now. And thankfully, I know many of them. And my students know, because I teach uh, now a number of a new generation of people who will continue doing what I'm doing. Uh, so, just remember that help is available on, on many levels. Just you have to decide where you start. And social services very often are super helpful. People, unfortunately, do not know about them. Okay, that's my answer for you for now. So, I would, I would like to talk, uh, to attempt to answer uh, the other writer that I mentioned who wrote about arthritis. Arthritis is not one disease alone, but an umbrella term for more than 100 conditions that affect the joints of the body. 
uh, you, you know, joints or points where two or more bones meet, such as wrists, knuckles, hips, knees, and ankles. If you have arthritis, the joints are inflamed, causing discomfort and pain. It can range from mild to severe. It can affect people of all ages, though more often uh, it affects people who are older than 30 or 40. But I've seen people who have, yeah, I've seen young people or very young uh, with arthritis. But the different forms of arthritis are like osteoporosis, rheumatoid arthritis, gout, uh, juvenile arthritis, which is kind of a new thing. Uh, many like juvenile diabetes. Now young people are suffering more and more with diseases that used to afflict only adults or older people. Then systemic lupus, scleroderma, it's all forms of arthritis. So what are the symptoms of arthritis? Uh, they vary from a person to person. But if you have arthritis, you will almost certainly have symptoms relating to your joints, such as pain, swelling in the joints, uh, redness and warmth in joints that are affected, stiffness or reduced movement of one or more joints. Some people also get other problems outside of their joints. Other symptoms include tiredness, uh, weight loss, and sometimes weight gain, feeling unwell. Here, uh, here is what WebMD, I looked up, uh, writes about causes of arthritis. The cause of many types of arthritis are not fully known, period. <laughs> and if you look, you know, many, many years ago, uh, I spoke to Dr. Gerald Epstein, uh, who is a was a physician, and he said to me, Peter, look at Merck manual, you know, Merck pharmaceutical company. So look at Merck manual, because it's a big manual, like a thousand pages, and it talks about all different drugs and the origins of the disease. And he said, look up at the origins of the disease and you will see, you will be surprised. And I thought, what kind of way is there one particular origin? So what does he want me to know? And I looked up and I was shocked to know, notice that most illnesses have this sentence. Uh, the, the etymology or the cause of this or that problem is unknown. It cannot be, ladies and gentlemen, it cannot be known. They can describe the course of the disease. They cannot come up with cures for symptoms, but they don't know uh, the cause because the cause is not lying, I believe, in the body. It starts in the mind. At no point, I never say that it's, you know, sometimes people say, oh, this is not real, it's all in your head. No, 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 no. It starts as an inner breakdown, and then it becomes physical. 
uh, like most forms of arthritis, are thought to be caused by a, a fault in the immune system that causes the body to attack its own tissues in the joints. Uh, now, the question is, but why? Why the body attacks itself? That's the question. From mind-body perspective, and that's what my specialty is, I will explain to you why. That's the, the secret. The body attacks itself. I, till I speak about it, like give it a thought. Try to guess. Those of you who have been listening to me for a long time, uh, probably already guessing. Because remember, the joints are inflamed. Most of the time, arthritis is associated with inflammation of the joints. So you think about the terminology, the uh, linguistic connection, inflamed, in flames, there is fire in the joints. So, uh, and that's how I approach treating the arthritis and, and I will guide you. Um, and I hope the gentleman who wrote to me this email is joining us today at two o'clock. I will guide you through an exercise. It's not my exercise. Dr. Gerald Epstein came up with this exercise. Uh, it's written up in his book, Healing Visualiza Visualizations, which was published a long time ago, 1989. So, and I will um, <clears throat> read to you uh, his take on why the causes of arthritis. So, <clears throat> by the way, before I talk about uh, mental exercises, I want to mention to you that one of the good physical treatments of arthritis is yoga. Uh, there, there is actually a wonderful, wonderful a video made by Nick Loffrey, Nick, L-O-F-F-R-E-E, -E, and it's called Six Healing Sounds, Qigong, 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 Q-I-G-O-N-G. Uh, and they're the wonderful exercises that um, he claims that in China they did research, uh, did a big study, and demonstrated that people who did this particular uh, six uh, healing sounds exercise, it doesn't involve only sounds, it it's involves Qigong, uh, that they reduced, significantly reduced inflammation. Uh, but that's, that's Qigong. Uh, but yoga has its own system of treating arthritis and the various forms of inflammation. But remember, you don't join, you don't go to the gym and join a group um, and, and do some kind of yoga. You need to talk to a specialist who will tell you exactly who, who is knowledgeable on uh, specific yoga exercises for inflammation. Okay. And now let me tell you what, what Dr. Gerald Epstein's take on arthritis is or was, I don't know, that 
uh, if he's not alive, I don't know what to say. He is or was. In the book, here it is written. Arthritis is an immobilizing illness, limiting our range of motion and thus impairing our freedom on many levels. It expresses a simultaneous dysfunction of motion, movement, and freedom in our physical, emotional, and social lives. Suppressed anger has often been associated with arthritis. In my clinical practice has borne this out. After often, anger often requires a physical outlet. I, I want to repeat, anger often requires a physical outlet through the muscles and joints in order to express itself. If these outlets are lacking, then tension is created in the joints and muscles, creating a new habit of holding back. Think about it. What happens when we are angry and hopefully not too many people who are listening to me get angry, but I do. Not so often, but I do, and I know what happens when, if I am angry, I tighten the, my wrists, I tighten my, my fists. So that's, fortunately, I don't do it that often, and I don't, thankfully, I don't suffer from arthritis, but think about somebody who is experiencing anger very often, the body tightens up, uh, joints tighten up, joints get inflamed, and here you have uh, the beginning of arthritis. So I would like to guide you, uh, those of you who are interested, those of you who suffer from any form of arthritis, would like to guide you through an exercise. Again, uh, go with me through the exercise and then go on archives because this is an exercise that you need to do for a long, long time. Arthritis does not happen to you over a weekend or over a week. It's really holding on uh, to anger, to pain for a long, long time. So don't expect that within a week, if you accumulate this uh, anger and, and arthritis over a period of years, you, you must invest some time. And the way you do it is you do it um, for 21 days, the exercise, once a day. Then you take seven days off, 21 days, seven days off, and 21 days. So the exercise is called the tide. So if you have opportunity, sit comfortably in the chair with the, with the back and the arms. That's the best position. It's called fairer position. When your arms are on the arms of the chair, uh, you sit in upright position so there is more oxygen supplied to your brain because we don't want you to be hypnotized or super relaxed. We want you to be active because we want, we want you to be alert to the experience in the moment that you're going through. So, say to yourself in your mind, I'm doing this exercise 
with the intention to shrink the nodules in joints and to heal arthritis. Close your eyes, breathe out gently three times. Long, slow exhalations, nice and easy inhalations. Breathing out twice as slow as breathing in. And think or imagine yourself at a beautiful beach. Perhaps a familiar place that you have visited or seen before. The sand is golden. The sky is cloudless blue. And the sun bright and golden. Find the place on the beach where the sand and water meet. Lie down on your back at that point, at the point where the soles of your feet directed toward the water. And cover yourself with wet sand. Leaving exposed only the soles of your feet and of course your face and your head. So imagine you're completely covered with the sand. The sand and water mixture acts as a compound cleansing your skin. And now see and feel the tide coming very quickly. It's coming in and entering the soles of your feet. Send spiral currents of water moving in into your body through the soles of your feet. And the water washing away all the accumulations of waste products there dissolving any deposits and eliminating toxins. The tide then begins to go out and the current reverses, flowing out of your feet slow. See the waste products emerging as black or gray strands being carried away on the outgoing tide. Feel the sun on your body that you feel through the sand that is still partially covering you. Now the tide comes back, comes back in quickly and again enters through the soles of your feet then moves up your feet and ankles, washing away all the waste products and toxins there. And as the tide goes out, the spiral current again reverses. 
sense it flowing from your ankles through your feet and down the soles of your feet as black and great strands which are carried away by the outgoing tide. The sand and water compound thoroughly cleanses the outside of your feet and ankles. Once again, you're exposed just to the sun. And once again, you feel the tide comes back very quickly through the soles of your feet. Another tide, another wave. The spiral current now passing in through your feet and your ankles, into your legs and your knees, washing away all the waste and toxins there. Sense the spiral current massaging the muscles, helping the ligaments and the tendons to stretch and cleaning the cartridge bones till they're gleaming white. As the tide starts going out, sends the spiral current reversing, flowing back down slowly through your feet and calves, slowly into your ankles. See the water submerge as black and gray strands being carried away in the outgoing tide. Now allow yourself just to rest. And finally, you stand up and go into the water. You begin to swim all the way to the horizon. And as you're swimming, your arms and legs become very long, immensely long. With huge strokes, you're so far that the shore that you left looks just like one line. So you turn around with, with the same huge strokes, you swim back to the shore. As you get closer to the shore, your arms and your legs become normal size. When you reach the shore, come out of the water and let the sun dry your body. Then you find a light gown or robe on the ground near you. 
you put it on, notice how it feels. Then gently breathe out one time and open your eyes. Now please be patient with these exercises. The reduction of these nodules, washing away the toxins takes time. If you do it, as I said, three times uh, a month uh, a day, three weeks every day, then a week off, three weeks every day, week off, three weeks every day, I believe you will see significant changes, significant changes. I uh, Something came to my mind I would like to share with you now. Uh, I think that's, I, I'm not sure if I did share with you this or I did not. I, I, if I did, I apologize. I remember telling it to someone, but I think I told the story uh, to my students, not on the show. So uh, this book from which I was just reading, Healing Visualizations by Dr. Epstein, I came across in 1989, actually the, the year it came out. And because I was uh, writing an article with a friend and he mentioned this book. And I picked up the book, the course, so to speak, coincidentally, I happened to be in Barnes and Noble, so it was 1989. Uh, and I picked up the book and started reading. And he, Dr. Epstein, gives credit to my teacher to be Colette. And he talks about healing different serious physical illnesses, uh, working with cancer, working with multiple sclerosis. And I kind of was skeptical at that time. I was a specialist, uh, you know, using hypnotherapy and very successfully treating asthma. But so many illnesses, I was really skeptical, you know, maybe judgmental that he made, uh, because that he makes these claims. In particular, was like, uh, I was focusing on MS, multiple sclerosis, and I was buying into the medical model that you really cannot cure it, uh, possibly with medication, you can slow down the problem. Um, so I, I, I scanned through the book, I didn't read the whole book. And at that time, a friend of mine was visiting from California. I was in New York. And this friend was a juggler. But now uh, she, she was with a cane. And she told me that she had uh, multiple sclerosis and it was progressing, progressing quickly. And, but you know, I said, listen, I, I don't know how valid it is, uh, how powerful it is, but I just happened to read a book which claims that uh, the techniques can cure multiple sclerosis. So if you want, here is the book, because I didn't think that I needed this book. And I handed her the book. She left for California. And then three weeks later, she called and said, you know, Peter, thank you so much for the book. I'm not using the cane anymore. I could not believe it. <laughs> I, I was shocked. Um, so I bought the book. And then, and then I kept in touch with this friend and 
she told me about the progress, how she followed the whole program, this exercise, and uh, she read the whole book and started reading books on mind-body and completely recovered, which kind of, for me, was shocking. So I bought the book again uh, by Dr. Epstein, and then I, uh, it has had his, his telephone, and I still have the copy, and I called him, he responded, and the rest is history. Anyway, that's my story, and um, with the exercise for arthritis, please, I would very much appreciate if any of you, those of you who choose to do the exercise, please uh, send me an email, let me know of your progress. Uh, you're welcome to ask any questions in any way. I don't know how long will the studio have problems. I know that many shows uh, don't have people call in at all. I prefer that I like to have this connection with you and I like to work with you on the air. But for now, it's okay if you just keep sending me emails with the requests uh, of what you want me to talk about, I gladly will do that. Uh, for now, since I still have 15 minutes, let me start another subject. You remember we were talking uh, about the six pillars of well-being and we're still on the fifth pillar and uh, we have a number of uh, how do we, we call it existential challenges to address we already addressed so many but still some ahead of us and again not every single person can relate to all of them but uh, many can so one of the problems I wanted to talk about today is stealing uh, when I thought about this problem, I remembered that I had a show with that I dedicated actually four shows that I did with I dedicated to discussing the Ten Commandments. I invited my nephew uh, Vlad Vladimir Angert, if you remember those of you who listened to this, but particular four shows. It took us yeah, four full hours to discuss uh, the Ten Commandments and the Eighth Commandment was about, about stealing. And so I went back to that show and uh, listened to it again because I wanted to hear what I had to say and what Vlad had to say. And uh, kind of I'm going to talk about this problem of stealing from, the, from what I uh, remember, from what I learned from my discussion with, uh, with Vladimir. Of course, I'm not talking about just stealing someone's property or someone's money. That's, that's in fact, the easiest, not the easiest, how to say it, the, the simplest form of stealing, and in fact, it's a form that can be reversed if you uh, repent, if you decide this is not the right thing to do. You can just uh, 
you can just pay back. And that's it. And you're free from moral perspective. Remember, but whenever we do something to the world, we do it also to ourselves. There is this reciprocal relationship we have with the world. You know that there is a common expression, what goes around comes around. It's so totally true. It, it reflects deep understanding of the society that uses this language. Any, any saying, any proverb, deep understanding of, of reality. So when we send out anger, we bring anger into our life, not necessarily from the same source toward which we directed the anger, but it comes back to us. Same thing when we steal, uh, we also become victims of stealing in different forms. And as I said, the stealing of property of money is the simplest one. But uh, another form of stealing is, for example, coming late. If you make a commitment to see somebody and, and you come late, what does it mean? A person was planning, a person could use this time for something else. Remember, it's not only about you, oh, you got tied up, oh, you have too many things on your plate. How do you know what the other person has on his or her plate? So you're 100% responsible and you cannot reverse it. You already took a person's time. Uh, another form of stealing is dating someone. Uh, this is the, the probably the one of the worst forms of stealing, dating someone or being with someone while not being interested in them. You know, sometimes people go for a date, you know, just not to be alone. Uh, and and that, that, I think during the show, I gave the, an example where I spoke to, to a woman who wanted to find somebody in her life uh, to for marriage. And uh, it, she told me that she went out to, to the movies or somewhere and I asked her, did you go alone? And she said, no, 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 I went with a friend, male friend. And I said, is he just a friend? She said, yes, yes. And I said, is he interested in you as a woman? She said, oh, yeah, a while ago he expressed interest, but I said, no, it's not going to happen. I'm not interested. But once in a while, you know, I don't want to go alone. So I will call him and say, do you want to do such and such thing? And he is always available. And I said to her, do you realize you're stealing his time? If he's really interested in you as a romantic partner, you give him hope. There is one thing that you cannot never pay back is a person's time when you steal his time. And if you say, oh, no, no, but he is willingly to give giving this time. No, a person is in a vulnerable position. The person really wants to be with you and you give him hope. So another form of stealing is promising something you cannot deliver. <laughs> By the way, I I just, you know, these days, everything now is becoming a problem. It's a problem to get the car. And uh, I did not have a car. I, two years ago when I had COVID, my lease came to an end and I decided uh, for some reason, I don't know, it wasn't a great idea after all. But the first time since I've been in the United States, I said, I don't want a car. I live within proximity of, to everything I need. 
I don't need a car. And for two years, I didn't need it, but it limited my mobility. I couldn't go to the to the beach and so on. So I decided in the spring to buy a car. And guess what? Suddenly, any agency, uh, what is it? dealership I would go, you have to wait three, four, five months. It's crazy. So I, I called some dealer, somebody gave me the name, and, and he said, oh, yeah, you know, no problem. I will give it to you. I will get for you the car that you want uh, within a week uh, to the most. You know, I was waiting, and he was kind of leading me on for a month and a half till I realized that He's just keeping a customer. He does not have the car. Uh, so that was a form of stealing because I lost kind of a month and a half. And then I, um, through a friend again, got in touch with another dealer who said, yeah, I will get through the car within a week. I give you my word. And really wonderful young man. And within the week, I got my car. But the first person I understood he, he had the intention to get the car, but he said it with total confidence, I will get the car, as if he knew, but he didn't know. So two weeks later, he was saying, yeah, yeah, it's about to come. And so after a month and a half, I, I gave up. So that was a form of stealing. Another form of stealing, I remember Vlad gave that example. Uh, if you tell a story it can be also qualified as gossip in a way. If you tell a story about someone to somebody uh, and you create an image of those of that person, you you qualify him as such and such person. You actually stealing from both, from the person whom you gossip about and from a person to whom you are gossiping about, because you deprive them of an opportunity, you steal their chance to form a relationship. Even if, if you know something negative about this person that you, you're kind of saying negative things, maybe that's happened one time with you. Remember, you are the creator of your experience. And yet you already put a label on this person. And again, you stole an opportunity for the, for the person uh, to discover for himself. That excludes um, situations where a person proved to be dishonest on a number of occasions, and then it's your responsibility to warn the person. But just because um, actually, I remember Vlad gave me this example uh, when we spoke. He said, imagine if I tell you about my son, such and such a thing, um, and uh, some qualities, negative qualities that he has. I already shape your opinion of what he, my son is. So now when you meet him, your view of him is already skewed by, the, by what I told you. So that's that's a very uh, unfair thing, because he may may possibly have greater respect for you than for me, and therefore he will do the best. He will be the best of himself. But now you deprive him of that opportunity. 
Uh, another form of stealing, I remember, I need to watch it because I will have to finish very soon. Another form of stealing is if you are in a relationship and you uh, are making love to your partner, but you're not there. You're stealing from your partner. You're somewhere else. Then don't be with this person. But if your attention is elsewhere, you are not fully present, which means you you promised to be there. You promised to be with your wife, with your husband, whoever or your partner is, but you are not delivering what you promised. And also you steal when you covet, when you desire something that somebody else has. How do you steal? You don't really, <clears throat> excuse me, steal from them property. But you're stealing from yourself. Because if you are in living in the moment and just saying, I want this and this and this for myself. So the universe responds when it's a pure request, you know, uh, ask and you shall be answered. But imagine you want something and then your mind is about somebody else. You're looking at what other people have. So your mind is not in the now. Your mind is not with you. Your mind is on somebody else's property or somebody else's uh, wife or husband. So that which is intended to you cannot find you because you are not present. So just be aware of it. I will have to finish up now. And hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, next week, I will be able to talk to you, you will be able to call in, and they will stop having problems, uh, or whatever it is, at the studio. I'm looking forward to having your attention uh, in five, seven minutes, because hopefully they will air this show. And then next Tuesday. Thank you very much for your attention. Peace to all who want to live in peace.